What's up, guys? It's your boy, Johnny Bananas, and I'll be covering all the treachery, deceit, backstabbing, and murder from season two of The Traders U.S. on my podcast, Death, Taxes, and Bananas. I'll be joined all season by my fellow castmates to swap stories, provide all the behind-the-scenes antics, and sordid details from filming. So sally forth and join me for season two of The Traders every Saturday on the Ringer Reality TV podcast feed. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Iced Tea. Go beyond reality with new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea and discover a very delicious world bursting with unexpected blackberry flavor. A world so full of refreshing blackberry iced tea that you may never want to leave. But there's always time to linger. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit amazon.com slash pureleaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car, Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. All right, everybody, welcome back to The Pod Has Spoken, and we are in our three of four-part series, Game Changers of the Modern Era, where we have selected four particular players from post-COVID that we believe would be classified as game changers based on their actions in or out of the game. And uh, we started off first with Bruce being the only player to return and play a second time so far. I mean, did he play a first time? Questionable. Riley, thoughts? Yeah, I mean, he's the, he's the first uh, medevac returning <laughs> back-to-back seasons. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't there long, but he was there. Episode two, we had Gabler for donating all of his winnings, the full million, mm-hmm. to charities. Uh, which has never been done, to my knowledge. I don't think it's ever been done. Somebody definitely would have advertised that had they done that. Making all making all past and future winners who did not or don't donate it's, look kind of selfish. It's the new standard. Tyson. The new standard. <laughs> I think every time that a new winner is announced, Gabler should get on Twitter and be like, just a suggestion, <laughs> just a suggestion, maybe donate it all. Uh, yeah, you need any help setting up those charities? Give me a... a 
phone yeah, call. Yeah, I know now. Yeah, that's a really good idea. That's a really good idea. So we are into our third game changer of the modern era. Played a day and a half with Bruce or a day or I don't know how long. Carson from season 44. What's up, dude? Hey, this is so fun to be talking to y'all. I remember Kane Fritzler. He, I know he said that he wanted to play like you, Tyson, I think in preseason or something like that. He told mm-hmm. me about y'all's podcast. And I had, I mean, I, I, I mean, I, am I, I guess I'm not a fan since I didn't really, I didn't know that this was, I, I wasn't a true survivor fan because I didn't know about this podcast. Not a super fan. Not, not a, a super fan, fan, I guess. I guess. I, I I mean, I think production many times asked me, like, have you watched every seat? Or they asked me one time, like in the interviews. And I think I said, I, I'm pretty sure I said yes, but like, I actually had it. So maybe that was like me playing the game before the game. Um, so maybe I'm not like the super fan that they thought I was. I'm kidding. I, I mean, I, I think I am. But there are definitely seasons I've skipped, like season five. Um, <laughs> but why season five? Just heard so many bad things about it. What is season five? Which one is season five? Is that is that Thailand? That's Thailand. I, uh, it's the one with Brian Heideck winning, right? Yeah. The, and then like, I know who won mm-hmm. and like, I've seen clips of what happens. And so it's almost like I have zero interest. <laughs> so the only reason I would watch season five is to go and maybe see if there was a puzzle I've missed out on. That would be the only reason. <laughs> what about commentary? What if we did like a season five rewatch? I mean, if y'all did that, I would probably tune in maybe, but who knows? <laughs> I, I, I'm kind of cool with the idea that I haven't watched it. And maybe like one day when I'm really tired of Survivor, I'll go back. And But right now, as of now, nah. <laughs> well, you also tweeted out this morning. I saw the cast has been officially announced for 46. Is that right? I don't know if it's been officially. Oh, yes. Do we have any super fans on that season that you've noticed? I haven't really like dived into the the cast yet. There's, I mean, there you can look at people and like make the assumption like Charlie. I'm like, oh, Charlie looks like a super fan. He's a law student, so I would assume he's a super fan. I mean, that's so. And I mean, but just in general. Most everyone is a super fan. Have yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Have they cast a non super fan in the new area yet? <laughs> is that the game changer we need to find, Riley? Yeah. The the person who just learned of Survivor. Yeah, we need we need someone who's seen like under three seasons of Survivor. Does that exist? Is there people out there that we could find that to play the game to navigate it with little to zero knowledge about how it should be played? I mean, I think I would. I loved it. I mean, I I think Keith Nail is a good example of that. And yeah. how he was an incredible TV and and someone that you, you love to hear him say, Survivor ain't fun. Going on a cruise is fun. You know, like he was such a good character in that way. And he added a little bit of a lightheartedness about the show because he wasn't a super fan. But I will say, I do think there are more super fans than people let on. I mean, non-super fans than people let on. I mean, on our season... I would talk about like season 37, for example, David versus Goliath. And there would be people who were like, oh, which one was that? And they would have no idea what I was talking about. Um, I think of Danny and Lauren, for example. Maybe they, I don't know. I can't remember who exactly told me that. But there are definitely people who are not fully super fans and who had only really seen the, the new era. But I think it's such a product of casting now where they really just want super fans. So I guess we'll continue to see it. Yeah, I guess so. We have you on today as a game changer because you are famous for doing so much research on the puzzles. You 
printed 3D versions of the exact puzzles, insomuch that the next season, Survivor had new puzzles with different pieces so that people could not then replicate what you had done. How exact were these puzzles, first of all? Because I'm watching TV, like, how many times did you have to pause and look and how, like, how close to the amount of pieces and the shape of the pieces were you on those 3D replicas? They're pretty exact. And I kind of got to test it out with the the tree, for example, where I had, um, where I had taken the tree um, and then modified it and then, you know, extracted the vectors to a 3D pane and then put it into CAD and then in a, in a critical, and into the creative design and then exported it and put to, to my 3D printer and then tolerance it. So there's a, there's a, it's a process of going through taking the picture to the vector images, to the d- drawings, to the design, to the, the print. And, it, you know, so there definitely is like a little bit of tweaks, but I remember being on the island and testing it out myself and putting those pieces into the tree and being like, this is pretty similar. This is exactly kind of how, how I, what I envisioned. What's really interesting is looking at the evolution of the puzzles, because even though you might see one puzzle, you know, multiple times, if you look closely, sometimes they, they cut a piece or they, that was there before, or they like make a little bit of a modification. And so every time they would do that, I would modify my own puzzles to add that modification. So they were pretty close. I mean, I never really encountered a time where I was like, this is a lot different than what I had practiced. Um, We did have one puzzle on our season that I hadn't seen before, the Manta Ray puzzle. Um, But I think Mm -hmm. once you kind of understand the way that these jigsaw pieces are made um, by having put them together and designed them so many times, you kind of get a sense of what sort of tricks they do to make it look more difficult on the surface. And so that helped me as well. So I mean, personally, I would really love to try doing a survivor challenge in a puzzle without having done it before. I feel like I've kind of missed out on that opportunity. And it's not a bad thing. But like, I would, I would love to try it out and see if am I good at puzzles? Or am I good at memorizing puzzles? Because I think it's the latter. (laughs) It's not even about memorization, because you practiced it. And like you said, like, you by doing all of these, you probably like got in their head and the creator's head and they're doing the same builds over and over. It's from the same group of brains. So there's probably similarities anyways. How big were these replicas? Were they life-size replicas of the puzzles? Did you try to get them life-size? How well do you know CAD? Did you (laughs) self-teach yourself all of this stuff? Like the, what are, what's the process there? And how long did it take to build one of these? Yeah, I mean, I started um, learning how to CAD back in 2021. I was taking a class at school um, called, um, what was it called? Like mechanics of engineering on on 3D you know, printing software, whatever. And I, I was learning how to use it. And that was kind of when I started to think about, well, I could easily do this with survivor puzzles. And I made this really complex Pokeball. I'll have to find it eventually, but it would, it has this locking mechanism. I was using like a, my school's million dollar printer, which you only get to use one time. And it's super fancy and very precise. So I was able to print threads on it. And I loved it. I had such a fun time with it. And about the same time I was doing that project, I saw Evie on season 41 talk about how um, they had, you know, used beads and then put them together 
and then replicated a challenge. And so then it clicked and I was like, what am I doing? And I, I had seen that there had been people who had done these before on Reddit and on Etsy. And, um, and so that kind of was like a inspiration to me, like I could do this too. And so for that Christmas, the, before I went and filmed that summer, I got a 3D printer from my grandparents. And a lot of people think 3D printers are highly expensive and they can be depending on which one you get, but they're pretty affordable too. The one I got was like pretty entry level $200. And I was able to print at, you know, these very complex puzzles and had a very fun time with it. And generally they're, they're about it's a bit, I can make them any size. It really depends on how big your 3D printer was. Right. My, my printing bed was about the, the size of my face. So I, I was pretty limited to that amount of volume. But yeah, they're generally around this size. This is like the, one of my tree puzzles. It's not configured. This is just kind of the outer shell of it. Okay. But they're, pretty, they're super fun to do. And it became like a passion project. Did you start making them before you knew you were going to be on the show? Or did you like really ramp it up? once you were going through casting? A mix of both. I had just done the tree puzzle and then some of the old like pyramid ones um, before I went and did my final interviews for the show. And then all of a sudden, I'm I, my cousin called me before, um, before I even applied. Um, and when I got the call, I called him and I was like, oh my gosh, you won't believe I got a call. And this was back in August. So about nine months before I went and filmed before. And he told me, he said, Carson, you would be stupid not to go ahead and start practicing. Because I believed in myself so much that I could get on the show. And I mean, he did too. And I had got at that point, I, I had started like preparing for the fitness journey. I was like, I need to gain weight. My doctor says I can't you know, go on a starving, go starve on an island. So I was trying to learn all of that at once. And um, I was just taking it upon myself, looking up everything on Reddit. How do you prepare for this sort of thing? I remember I went and read PG Laws, like she would write on there some like tips and stuff. And then I would like find Cass's stuff. And I was taking all these different resources, trying in my best to prepare. But I mean, being someone who loves design, I've always been someone who's very creative with my hands. I did want to take it a step further with the puzzles. I remember, you know, Spencer or now uh, Riemann, he had done a puzzle really fast one time. It was like, Jeff, I had printed this out at my house. And the thing is, you can do a lot of these puzzles by just printing them out on your printer at home and you don't have to necessarily make them 3D. But it was getting a grasp at looking at how they interrelate because if you look at the tree puzzle, for example, I'll just kind of hold mine mine up with just the, the outline of it. It, it looks pretty yep. simple. It's like, oh, okay, I'll just put it on. And then Riley will describe what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. So we got the, the tree puzzle here, exactly as you said. <laughs> <laughs> and then if you're putting the pieces on, it just becomes a lot more difficult. And, um, and there's things that, to look for. So I, I just took it upon myself to, to prepare in every way I could. I was reading all these books about like psychological manipulation. I don't know if you've heard of the book, uh, 40, 48 Laws of Power. Fantastic book for Survivor if you want to prepare for it. Okay. But it's basically the the devilish version of How to Win Friends and Influence People, which is a very much so a hallmark um, social psychology book that I think a lot of people read to go on Survivor. But the opposite, the hero, the hero version is How to Win Friends and Influence People. The, the villain version is 48 Laws of Power. And so I read both and then kind of like mixed the two. But 
I I even would have brought them to the island and at Ponderosa and people, I, not everyone's aware of this, but we go and we sit at a resort for about five days and we're just doing interviews and, um, and taking pictures and just a lot of downtime. So I wanted to bring these books with me to read. I had five days, right? But I didn't want people to read a book that I had like sitting there that said how to win friends and influence people. You know, like that's a, that's a target. I would target someone who was reading that book. I mean, yeah. so I would paint my books in blue acrylic and um, all of them. And so it looked as though I was reading the same book every day. I was reading multiple different books, but they I would just pull one out of time out of my bag. And it looked as though it was the same book, the same blue book. So I did a lot of fun things to prepare um, the fitness, the puzzles. Um, the puzzles, though, definitely took the most time. I think by the time I left, I had about I had accumulated about forty of them. So that when I every time I was there on the island, whenever I saw a puzzle when I walked in, it was a sense of relief, even if I hadn't seen it, because I knew I had some sort of an advantage over everyone else. And even though you know, I got, I had a huge advantage from it, um, having practiced so many of the puzzles on the show. I am kind of thankful for it too, that I did that. And now we're seeing new ones because it's so much more fun to go now and recreate these new ones that they're building. Cause I have some fresh pieces, you know, to, to try out. So it's, it's been, even though I, you know, tr- caused there to be a change, I like the change because <laughs> it gives me more things to practice with. Well, let's go back to the book thing for a second. Why you must have had some idea that people were going to see you and in, there was going to be some interaction enough that you yeah. painted your books before you, le- you left. Why didn't you paint like something on it just like uh, level two reading skill, like <laughs> something that's like really made you look unintelligent? Could that have been a play? I could have. I mean, I frog and toad. I read Carolyn's um, notes about everybody, and the and and intentionally, I was only wearing Patagonia every single day. Like my, I want. I knew that people would generally kind of associate you with what you're wearing. Like everything you present to other people non-verbally is information they're storing and considering about you. And that, and those first impressions are really important. That's all they have. That's all they, that's that's all all you have out there. Yeah. You're in a hotel, you're walking around, you see each other. You're just looking at how they look, how they're moving, their facial interactions, what they have with them. That's about all you have about them. And you are forming a, a cons, uh, opinions about this person just based off that information. So knowing that and having heard about this through podcasts and stuff, I was like, I've got to really be careful with how I present myself. And I didn't want to necessarily look as though I was the um, the super fan. And I mean, I, how can I not look like the super fan, but uh, with the glasses and stuff, but I only wore Patagonia every day. Patagonia, Patagonia hat, Patagonia shirt, Patagonia shorts. I wanted, and I was like trying to create this like um, Eagle Scout, like is, is, you know, enjoying, which is so ironic given I lost in fire, but I was trying to create this like Eagle Scout look. Um, and I was an Eagle Scout, but like I was trying to really lean into that, like the Scout boy, um, the little kid. And so I was wearing Patagonia every day. And in Carolyn's note, she wrote that the Patagonia kid is what she described me as. And, and also quiet, which I mean, I was, I am a quiet person when I'm not talking. So it, anyway, so it's, it was fun. And I, I'm not sure where I, what made me decide to, to, to not write like something like 
how to read 101, you know? (laughs) Yeah. So I I just kind of was like, I'll just do simple. Blue is my favorite color. But yeah, I I don't know if I would make any adjustments next time. I feel like people have really caught on. But I would judge people like Helen, who had Sudokus out. And she was like solving them really quick. And you could see how fast she was solving them. And then I would see someone like Danny with his Game Boy. And I'm like, oh. It's just Danny. Like you form opinions about people. Right. So yeah, it's it's you have to be considerate of that before you go out there. So let's say you knowing everything you know now and doing everything you did, would you do anything differently if you got to do it all over again in prep? Yeah. So I've thought about this. I mean, I don't know. I mean, okay, so I have taken a new approach to puzzles because now puzzles are, they're, they're doing new ones. You have that really difficult, savvy one. I have become obsessive into learning all of the different puzzles out there. So I have like puzzle books now and I'm learning how um, game creators and puzzle creators make them so that like in the event that I ever am given one, like I can already have a formulation as to how would I solve this given what I know? Or even, um, for example, the savvy puzzle that we saw last time with like the four hoops that you have to get that string out of. In my puzzle book, I found that one. You know, like that's the sort of stuff where I'm like learning. And then I'm thinking to myself, okay, looking at this puzzle, how would they make this able to be portrayed on TV? And if they can, I need to learn how this puzzle works. So that's been how kind of I've evolved my, my look at it. But I'm doing that more as a fun little Thing. I mean, this is a fun thing for me to like practice puzzles. And um, even now, you know, having started a business with it, it's like learning how to make new pieces. And even with my new puzzles that, I, that I've recreated, I, I sometimes add cuts in there just for the fun of it because I want it to be more complicated than it already is because it prepares you for stuff. But in terms of like things you can do in ter- on the island and like all those social psychology books I read, Nah. I mean, it's it's really down to who the person is at heart. You know, like you can't really change who you are. Right. I, I did take a um, personality test before I went out there um, back in December. So about six months before I went. Did and you pass? I did. And like in the what, what what skills was it? I was I was good at at um, at re or like at practicing, I don't know, the basically there are four different sections. And one of them was social skills. And my social skills were the lowest of all of them. Like it was bad. And I, and I really took that to heart. And I was like, Oh, shoot, I need to practice that, which is kind of what pushed me to try and fix some of those issues. But the biggest thing I learned I was bad at was listening. Um, and even now I'm just like kind of talking, but like, um, I think on Survivor, you have to be a good listener. Because if you're not listening to other people, you know, they, they're not going to feel connected with you. If you're telling them how to feel, how, you know, they're not going to actually give you information as to how they're actually feeling. Um, and so I think the, the biggest statistic that stuck out, stood out to me that I really took to heart was you can make more friends in two months by getting to know other people than you can um, make friends in two years by getting other people interested in you. And it was just a really interesting thought, you know, that people are more interested in sharing about themselves and, and like, and feeling heard rather than hearing anything about you. And that was the approach I took out there where I was way, I tried to be way more interested in how people were feeling and what's going on in their world than I was in mine. And it's why no one really ever questioned me about about where I worked or my, my engineering background. Not that it really mattered, but like I never shared that. And it, 
never really came up because no one ever asked me. You know, like I thought about it. I, I never really had to lie about my what I did because no one ever asked me what I did. Like no one even asked me what classes I took. And I had a whole list of all the classes that I would have to had to take as a business student memorized in the event that someone asked me in your first year, your second semester, what classes did you take? I knew them by heart and I had memorized that, but I didn't even have to use that. So I, I, it was just an interesting thing, but I feel like I really made an effort to learn everything I could about other people. So maybe that's a lesson learned for me. <laughs> Were you just thankful you weren't a lawyer? <laughs> Yeah, I the, mean, th- the worst thing you can be, you have to lie about that. <laughs> right. I mean, I love I, that was so fun with Katora and Jake. That was probably it, it was incredible. <laughs> I mean, I do think I judged Kane a little bit when he told me he was a lawyer. So I don't I, I mean, did you feel like I mean, I'm trying to think from your seasons, who was a lawyer or if you did you ever like judge someone based off of their profession? I mean, so token chains, we got like a spoiler from the Brazilian consulate who was preparing our our visas. Yeah. And we got an email that copied everybody on it. What? And so we saw everybody's email address like a week before we went out. So you could Google or fa- you used to be able to plug in an email address into the Facebook search bar wow. and it would show you which account it was Wait, linked that's to. That's crazy. You, you just look up all of your uh, tribe mates on Facebook? Yeah. So I found pretty much all of them. Then maybe like a couple of them I couldn't find anything on. But uh, everybody pretty much knew that Brendan had sold bare naked granola for tens of millions or whatever. Oh, and wow. That's, that's a huge disadvantage for him. Yeah. Yeah. So we knew quite a bit about everybody. So then you didn't also know who had done what research and who had been able to find you. Yeah. So you had to err on the side of honesty. So you could downplay it. Like I had just come off pro cycling and I was like, probably somebody knows that. So I had to, you know, it didn't probably as much. And also, I think it depends on the person. For me, it doesn't really, I'm old enough to know that there's a lot of lawyers out there who are complete buffoons and (laughs) engineers too. Yeah. So for me, like that isn't enough for me. For me, I'm like, well, you got suckered into taking a career in college, doofus. I'm over <laughs> here with zero careers, living my best life. So <laughs> I am a probably different, but I, I think it probably does matter. Like definitely Brendan, everyone knowing Brendan had sold bare naked for tens of millions. I don't think there's, it's hard to come back from that. Totally. Uh, I don't think he was necessarily the, the target, but people were like, "Yeah, we're not going to let him win." Yeah. yeah, I don't I don't know if on my season I ever like thought of that or like I don't think I knew of anyone that in that sort of caliber. But yeah, if I had known someone was a multimillionaire, I probably wouldn't want to give them a million dollars. Yeah. But I don't I don't think I was scared to go to the end with him or I didn't think I don't think I was like I'm going to thwart him from getting to the end because of that. Yeah. It was like I just won't vote for him because he has enough money in the bank. But also, who knows if he had played the best game? Like now, I think I would vote for a multimillionaire if I felt like they had played the best game and deserved it the most and I liked them. Like I think that, yeah, that's not a problem for me. But yeah, back then it was. We did have a lawyer. I think Candace Smith was a lawyer on the show. Mm -hmm. And I've never been that scared of lawyers. I don't know why. It's For me, it's not like a profession that I'm like, they're all geniuses that like that's not like i would think more so an engineer would would be 
more genius. But then also, like you said, like I'd be like, engineers are good with numbers and they're good with mechanics and they're good with all of that. But socially, they are renowned for being horrible. Horrible. Like mm-hmm. they are, have spent so much time uh, becoming smart that they left out the part of interacting with other humans. And so for <laughs> me, like I would also be like, that's probably a weakness that engineers have in general. Like that's probably stereotypical. And uh, I know that our large uh, engineer fan base is probably uh, going to be upset with uh, Riley here for uh, supporting that belief. But uh, yeah. Yeah. What do you- uh, and I think lawyers too, like everybody has a blind spot. Like even these professions where they're like, I, I'm so, you know, high and mighty or this or that, like everybody who's been to an Ivy league has a blind spot. It's that they think they're better than everybody. Mm -hmm. So it's like, there's a blind spot for everybody. And if you know that grouping of persons blind spot, then you can, you have work. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Iced Tea. Go beyond reality with new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea and discover a berry delicious world bursting with unexpected blackberry flavor. A world so full of refreshing blackberry iced tea that you may never want to leave. But there's always time to linger. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit amazon.com slash pureleaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Yeah, what do you what do y'all think is the most dangerous profession for a survivor besides podcasters, which is obviously a dominant profession? Oh, right. They're terrifying. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would say psych I was I've so my winner picks for the new era have like generally if there's been a therapist i've been like the therapist the therapist will win and that's really caused me a lot of issues in my my winner pick analysis and my drafts because my my i mean <laughs> my secret, yeah that that's why i picked hannah last season <laughs> yes um my season 42 winner pick was um tori 
my season 43 winner pick was Ellie. And so I've like, I've had to tell myself if a, if a therapist gets on Survivor, it doesn't me- usually mean that they're necessarily really good at like yeah. connection. I mean, they are, I mean, sh- I'm sure they are, but you know what I mean? Like, uh, like, I don't know. I, I thought I've always been terrified of therapists on the show because to me, a therapist is really good at listening, which is what I talked about earlier. So I'm like, they, they're, they're so, they're so used to listening to people and getting every little thought without sharing a single thing about themselves and getting that other person to feel super connected. So they always scare me. So that honestly, a therapist terrifies me, especially a therapist like who would be like Shan. Like, I feel like one day we're going to, we're going to get a Shan therapist who is like, so good at like the listening part, but also so good at the game. And that's what though that to me is like one day we'll get that and it's going to be like, it's going to rock our world. Like it's a therapy. Do you think we'll get that though? Or do you think that the type of people who want to be therapists can't also be that? Because that's Mm -hmm. where, I mean, you look at like, for example, like a police officer, I'm not pointing at any particular police officer, but in general and stereotypically, they want to be in a position of power in their life. They want to, you know, like hand out tickets. They want to do this. They want to. Yeah. And so like that's a certain personality type that is even drawn to that profession. And therapists, I think, don't have necessarily that sociopathic behavior <laughs> needed right. to win Survivor. They're like the opposite of that. They're very empathetic and sympathetic and they're good at listening and they're good about making about the it about the person they're listening to. So I don't necessarily know that a therapist like that even exists because how could they even get clients? I mean maybe someone like Jam Jam we should reconsider or I yeah, I feel like Jam Jam, yeah. you know, he's a he works at a hair salon and like what do hair salon people listen to all the time? People talk gossip. So maybe it's someone like Jam Jam who has like the listening ability mm-hmm. but also has like the like the sneakiness, you know, like, I feel like that maybe, th- and that's probably why GMGM won. <laughs> I mean, he was, I, I know he was good at that stuff. So yeah. <laughs> well, he's also a small business owner and I think you have to be pretty savvy totally. in your business dealings to be successful as a business owner like that, uh, kind of stepping out of the box. And I think that generally, like that's probably people I would be more scared of are people who have made the world work for them rather than mm. work for the world, if that makes mm. sense. So like, you know, I don't want to go to school. Ooh, I want to wow. create. That's really deep. Right? I want to create <laughs> yeah. my own thing and it's going to work for me and I'm going to be successful off of that. Those are the people that I think you got to like take a step back and really look at them. Oh, I love that. You're so right though. I, it's very fun to see the new era with like these different characters. I, I think someone like, Carolyn, though, is probably to me one of the like most scary people in that. I mean, and and this was something that I got to see firsthand that she never really talked about. But there were times where we would be on the island, and like for example, when she told me about having a, about her having an idol um, in her pocket. What what it's hard to see on TV, at least, is how she was aware of how people underestimated her and so she would purposefully you know misrepresent herself to be more goofy than and like in stupid acting than she really was and so i remember one time she pulled me aside and she she's like she's like i and she had already was kind of she looked flustered or she like she, her, her eyes were teary and she was like I need to tell you something personal. And so I thought we were going to be talking about her kid, how she misses somebody. Maybe she read her family letter recently and then it was causing her some distress, whatever. 
she pulls me aside and then she just wipes her face and she's like, that was all, that was all fake. And I, I was shocked and I was, and then she tells me she has an idol and I'm like, my mind is blown. First of all, I didn't even expect her to have an idol. But second of all, like the fact that she could be that emotionally in tune to control her emotions in that way was just mind boggling to me. And then when we walk back, horrifying, to, horrifying, and we walk back to camp, she yeah. looks at me, she puts her hands over her eyes and she goes, just one sec, hands over eyes, takes them off. Tears are streaming down her face. And then we get back to camp and everyone's like, oh my, Carolyn, are you okay? And she's like, I'm fine. And like pretending to be like having this emotional moment. But really, she just needed a, a chance to tell me that she was playing an idol on me and she didn't want anyone to know. And so someone like her, oh my gosh, it's, it's, I mean, I know everyone, we all love Carolyn, but like it, it just that story alone, I wish they had shown that because it was crazy. Yeah. Can engineers do that? <laughs> I don't think I could. <laughs> I mean, we, there are some, <laughs> I think there are some goofy ones out there. Like it is very interesting to walk around and kind of meet people. But I think the usual, um, the usual person I meet is kind of what we were describing earlier. The, um, the, like the person where you walk up to them and you're like, how are you doing today? And they're like, good. Yeah. And then they just look, stare at you and you're like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Good, great. I mean, I remember that. Yeah, there's, uh, but so, there are some very. Uh, I, I would say more of the leaders at at least at NASA are very, um, very good at social skills and like generally very nice to talk to. But yeah, I've met a lot of people where I'm like, okay, we're never going to talk. I mean, they probably don't talk at all today, and they do their work, and they're great engineers. So that's all, you know. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. I, I think to be a leader, yeah, that you do raise a good point. To be a leader, you do have to have some social skills in order to lead a group of people uh, yeah. in a, a professional setting. So that probably does play into it. Have you made all of the the puzzles that we saw last season? Yes, I have. And I mean the um, the savvy puzzle, the one with the hoops. I have it over here, but it um, I didn't actually three D print that one because it's just easier to buy on Amazon. Because once you if you calculate, I'm like, how long would it take me? <laughs> to do this puzzle versus I can buy it for $15 on Amazon. I'm going to go the $15 on Amazon route. You know, like it doesn't, I don't have to 3D print everything. Right. Um, <laughs> but uh, the um, the coral puzzle is really fun. Um, and that was one of my favorite ones that they've, re that they've introduced because the ones that stand up are the coolest and they, they, they have something really neat about them. Like the, the iconic survivor puzzles to me are the, the tree, the fire, and then I, I, I honestly, now I'm inducting the coral into that group because it is so beautiful and it also stands up. And like, those are the ones that I think of that they have such an abnormal shape that they stand out to you. And if like you saw this, like randomly walking through a garage sale, you would say, that's a survivor puzzle if you had seen it. So I, I kind of err on, on, on that side, but, um, definitely have, built most of them but even though everyone talks about a lot of the 45 ones being new there are a lot that are old too the first puzzle on um in the first challenge with the logo that was an old one i think there was another used one before too so even though they are introducing new ones um oh the stacking one with michelle's tower that's an old yeah one. so they are still reusing them so if if you really do want to if someone really wants to go out there and prepare do it because you probably still will have a leg up i I, I, yeah, that's how I feel about it. Like, even though we talk about new ones, they are so old ones. <laughs> well, they, they have to because the show is, has such a history. Like you can't of course. bring some of that back stuff back from the past. 
So here's a hypothetical, a hypothetical for you, Carson. Yeah. Let's say you get a call from Adam Klein and he's like, they invited me back and I need help with puzzles. How much would you charge Adam Klein to help prepare him for all the puzzles on <laughs> his uh, third season? I mean, I, I think I would help Adam as a friend. I mean, I, I, I but um, if it was just some random person, I mean, I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if I would charge people, um, but it would really depend on my time availability. I mean, my, I, my mom texted me the other day and she's like, Hey, this person, I have a friend who has a friend who knows this person who has questions about you about with um, inter- an interview for a aerospace company. And I'm like, mom, I really don't have time for that right now. I just like, I am when I like my day is I'm working nine to five at, um, at Johnson Space Center. I'm working on the windows right now. It's quite interesting, except in my office, there are zero windows. Like my, I am in a cage. We my, like my, my office friends call my room, my, my office room, the dungeon. Get to work, man. I mean, I, I guess so. supposed to be working on windows. <laughs> they, that's how they motivate you. They're like, <laughs> Put the window guys in windowless rooms so that it will motivate them extra. To make good ones, absolutely. I mean, and I, that's that's the whole argument is that no one wants to be in a room without windows. And I get it now. I mean, because here's the thing. If you're going, to, theoretically, space vehicles should not have windows. They're dangerous. They, they add a huge, you know, potential for a single point of error that could kill everybody. But then why go to space if you can't even see outside? No, exactly. Yeah. So that's the whole point is like, it, you ha- there's a fine balance. So the windows that we're building for spaceships are like extremely robust and super expensive. Um, and it's it's actually fascinating. I didn't know this much goes into windows. This is my first time in this group. But yeah, and so I, I it, it's a fun thing to work there. Um, and I, but like the windows part of it, I've been like, I've been fascinated with the development of it all. And I forgot where I was, where the question was. I tend to go really deep and then I like forget where, where the end of the story was, but there, <laughs> I don't remember either, but to all of the future astronauts listening and hearing that Carson has never worked on windows before, still rest assured, they're going to get it right. I mean, a window has never killed anybody in space from NASA. So we've been good so far. But yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, so maybe I should not. Say, I'm knocking wood. <laughs> no, we're good. We're good. Build those windows, Carson. You're a super fan. You've seen every season except for season five. Maybe you haven't seen every season. Uh, NASA comes up with a time machine, but it only has Survivor seasons on there that you can push, and you can be a mm. part of one of those seasons. What season would you uh, choose to be a part of, and why? I would love to be on Gabon. I would absolutely love it. I think like that would be my, I I love that season. And I know that it's not a production favorite, um, but there's something so fun about the chaos of it. Like I would just want to be a bystander. Like don't, I don't even need to be on the season. I just want to work. You want to be on the production team. I want to see it all go down. I want to see the drama. Um, I want to see the fighting. Like that season is so fun to watch for me. Like I know a lot of people hate it, but I love the train wreck of it all. <laughs> Good. I like that answer. You going back and playing again if, they, if you get asked? Is there any hesitation in saying yes? I would love to be, if that ever was the case, I don't know if I would say yes if I didn't had it finished school yet. 
because I just, it has put, this has put such a massive obstacle into graduating for me. And it's a good problem to have. I've been very thankful for all of the cool things I've been able to do with the show, whether it was launching my, my small business puzzle knot or just like being involved in the community and getting to experience that. But it's taken about two years out of school for me. And I just want to be done. I just want to be done um, with school and never have to think about it again. So I can start work. Like I legitimately dread going to class and be well. And part of that is when I'm um, interning, which I'm doing right now. Yeah. It's just so much more fun. And most of the time, I never, I'm never doing s- stuff that I had just learned. I'm like learning new things on the job and like reading standards and basically reading textbooks because the stuff I'm doing is so specialized that there's not a class for it. And so like it, it, school sometimes feels pointless. And so I just want to be done and like never have to think about it again. But then at the same time, I've heard that it's really hard to, to do with a job. So like, is there ever a good time? So I don't know. I mean, if it works with everything, I mean, I think I would. Um, I would definitely take a new approach to preparing, though, because that the starvation aspect was really difficult, and even recovery. So, um, and adjusting to life again. So, I feel like I'm finally back to on on par, and we're with where where I was going before Survivor, and so that's a nice reality to be like, okay, I'm back to normal. I'm not like distracted in class every day. Like I actually feel like a productive human again. Um, I don't know. Did you ever feel like that? Like that you had those like extreme time warps of went during the season or after? Uh, just every day for my entire life. Uh, <laughs> no, but I, like a lot of people are like, oh, you want a million dollars. I was like, yeah, but I've been working in some capacity for 15 years on the like people are like oh the amount of time you spend on the show is totally worth the money and you're getting paid is like extra even and it's crazy and sure all of that is probably true but also like what you're saying is you've emotionally and mentally been dealing with the aftermath of it all for a good year probably and i would say for me in general i would say probably a full year at least is the cal- oh, yeah. is my calculation for w- what its toll is on you. Oh, totally. It's a full-time job about. Yeah. So I, I definitely agree with you there. As far as the school thing goes, like I f- felt that as well, like, oh, I don't want to go to class anymore. And then I just didn't. Uh, and then that was the last <laughs> time I went to school. But like, listen, I, I don't want to tell you how to do things in your life, Carson, I mean, but like, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I haven't been the best student recently, okay. but I'm good at work. So that's all that matters. Good. Like I'm a good, I'm great at work. People like me. Mm-hmm. Um, it is fun to, um, to, I, it, I, I always say this, like I, I get recognized in specific places and NASA is one of them. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's very fun to like, the, the networking opportunities it's provided me has been awesome. Um, and so I, th- I was really worried about how it would affect me career-wise. And it's only been positive thus far. So I've been, I'm, I, you know, even though, yeah, like we were talking about, there's a big toll of like time. It, it's been a net positive. And, um, and the doors it's opened for me has been really life-changing. So I've been thankful for that. Yeah. 
yeah, that is true. Lots of networking. And uh, you're probably like the bigwig there and your uh, superiors are jealous of your uh, attention, but they haven't let you know yet. They are watching you. They're watching Uh-oh. you. <laughs> they're, they're watching me. I mean, I, ha- I, I there are people I meet who will not, not say hello and then I'll get um, a like email and then they're like, we saw you the other day. I'm like, could have said hey i mean i really i even though yeah like uh, sometimes i'll get recognized i'm i very much so feel like the intern and like i like that because it may it you know i don't sit back and like on my butt and just kind of like chill like you know so um people usually are aware and i like that i every time i i come back I'll, I'll go to a different group um so like i'm working with windows now and I, my goal was i was like i'm not going to tell anybody like i don't want anyone to and like that didn't work. But the first day, it was all around the office. And I didn't the first say day you announced the first day you announced that you were on Survivor. No, I, I didn't want to. I, I wanted it to be like, yeah. I, I've always liked people to get to know me before. That was the first time. Like, because when I finished filming, I moved in a month to Johnson Space Center. And then I was still under my NDA. So I didn't tell anybody. And then they all got to know me just as me. But then when the show came on, it was like, whoa, but they still treated me normal. But then people who like know me before, they act a little different. And so I prefer people just to treat me normally. Um, so like I was, yeah, my first day of work, I was like, I'm not telling anybody. And then the first question I'm asked is, were, were you that intern that was on that show? I'm like, yes. <laughs> but um, like I said, it's been, it's, it's a fun thing. It's a great conversation starter everyone always asks the same question so i've practiced that you know those typical answers of is it real is, yeah. do you not eat so many times like i've got to jump that <laughs> yeah that's perfect yeah it's only opened doors for me as people have like even if they haven't watched the show they've been like oh survivor i've heard about that so yeah. keep leveraging that and use that that's part of the reason that you went on the show and you may as well keep getting paid for it yeah carson Thank you so much for your time and energy. I know you got to get back to uh, designing windows in the windowless room. Uh, Big (laughs) props for being a a game changer. And uh, hopefully we'll talk soon. Everybody, I forgot, you can go check out. Carson, what's the website for your puzzles? Oh, yeah. PuzzleNot by Carson.com. Yep. I have some new ones coming out soon. So keep your eyes peeled for them. But thanks so much, Tyson, for having me. This was super fun. Will they be here in time for Valentine's? Um, right now we have big lead times because the amount that we sold in December or the first hour of our sales in December is what I expected to sell in a month. So we have been very delayed and a good, and it's a good problem to have. Um, but I'm not going to be delayed the next time I'm going to be ready because now I know what's volume to expect. So just wait for the next launch if you want them immediately. (laughs) Very good. Good luck with that. And, uh, we'll chat soon. Until next week, everyone. Bye. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, File a claim right on the State Farm mobile app and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.